Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors Podcast. I am Patrick, and I am here with my man Vu Bang. What's up, Vu Bang? What's up? And we want to talk about the number 15, the 15th spot potentially on this Golden State Warriors roster. And it's still debatable whether or not they will use it going into the season. Let me ask you this, man. Like, do you think they're going to use it on anyone? The 15th spot? I think they have to. Why? Because, I mean, there's so much good competition at that. I mean, I mean, I guess it really, I guess my question to you is, do you like Gary Payton second and Avery Bradley as much as I do? Or do you like Jordan Bell? <laughs> no, let's not, let's not go through the Jordan <laughs> Bell experience again. <laughs> I do. I think the Warriors need somebody who can hound on defense because Clay's not here. And when Clay comes back, no guarantee he can do that. Kelly Oubre is not here. Kent Bazemore is not here. Andre Godala is too old to do that on the regular basis. And you don't want to waste him that way. And I've been saying all summer that I am a big Gary Payton the second fan and I'm stoked for him that he's able to, for the first time, I think in his career, he said, go into a training camp and try to prove himself as a player instead of coming in on a 10 day uh, or a G league call up and try to uh, fit in somehow. Now he gets a chance to, to meld in. So Gary Payton, the second is the reason why I don't think I understand how to watch basketball. <laughs> because why why because i i don't get it i mean i i see him and he looks really great out there like can you tell me what's wrong with this game other than the fact that he misses dunks <laughs> well when have you seen him really great uh, oh yeah that's i mean i guess that's a good answer <laughs> yeah summer yeah. league right summer league and Sum- that's when summer he missed league the dunks. and preseason and like garbage time yeah i mean i'm no gp2 expert but he's 28 and he's playing in the summer league i would just put it out there as inconsistency you know probably and he's not a true point guard so i think that has generally hurt him i'm surprised he hasn't stuck in the league as a defensive ace you know because that's why i want him but you know sometimes people just develop and uh differently so I can't really say what he did when he got out of Oregon State and how he 
tried to make the league and 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 couldn't stick. I, I'm not really not too sure, but uh, you know, I mean, when you watch him play a little bit last season, I mean, you could see it, right? Like he did a couple good things, but like you didn't want him in there running the show per se, right? It's just weird that he's like kind of sticking at the end of the bench, two way level with the Warriors. Like, wouldn't a team like Sacramento just put a flyer on him and just give him like a two year deal just to see what happens? Even to sell jerseys, for God's sake. <laughs> would, would that sell jerseys? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, if you're a Gary Payton senior fan, uh... I don't know. I just really think he needs to be in the league somehow. I'm hoping he can he can stick somewhere if it's not the Warriors. And if it is the Warriors, I'll be I'll be pretty happy. I don't think any of us want Michael Mulder. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just weird to see a three point specialist not make threes when it matters. Yeah, exactly. Hey, we're up by ten. Nails a shot. When we're down by two, clank, 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 less than a minute left. Yeah, I don't really want to keep Mulder on the team. I feel like Moody, Moses Moody could do a lot of things he's already does off the bench he has longer arms right like his molder has long arms for a 6'3 dude but like uh moody has 6'11 arms and he's 6'6 and i'm sure he can shoot almost as well you know he just needs a little bit more seasoning so if you're gonna be at the end of the bench i'd rather throw moody in there than than michael molder but the question is you need a a ball hound right like somebody who's going to get him up on Dame or on, on Kyrie for five, 10 minutes a game. You know what I mean? Just tire those dudes out, right? Especially when they're hot. Yeah, I'll take Gary Payton the second over Michael Mulder. I've said yeah. that all summer and I'll still do that. But when they said they were going to sign Avery Bradley to the training camp roster, I don't know. My ears perked up. Uh, what's your thoughts on A.B.? Oh man, I, I, did you did you see him play at all in Miami? I didn't actually. I, I imagine they checked it with Andre Iguodala to see if he still had it in him. So he played with I Miami last couple of years. Actually, Houston and Miami. God, Boston was a long time ago. Honestly, like here's the thing: I think if Avery Bradley can prove himself, well, the thing I worry about him is injury history, right? Like, I get it that he's a vet. And he has more experience and you know what he brings to the table as a defender. But what good is that going to do if he's hurt for like a month? Whereas Gary Payton, more of an unknown, doesn't have that long-term NBA experience, but seems to be healthier and bouncier and not as fragile. So if it's an open competition, I go with whoever shows out. The best. I mean, this is the opportunity Gary Payton has said he's wanted. And so I love to see the competition. I love to see how it turns out. Out of those dudes vying for the 15th spot, who do you want? I mean, I think I want the best of Avery Bradley, but we keep forgetting that Boston was just like six years ago. He's not the same. He's definitely not the same. Yeah, I guess I would keep it empty then now that you've talked me out of Gary Payton. Oh, I was I want Gary Payton. Okay. I, Gary Payton? <laughs> I don't know. Keep talking about height. So uh, no, no, no. Like who's, who's hey, the best let's... defensive player out of all those guys? It's Gary Payton, right? I would say Gary Payton because injury, lack of injury history, the desire to stick in the league, and knowing that that's his role, and the overall bounciness, athleticism. 
I, I go with that. I will keep it empty then just for the pod. So we have something to talk about. <laughs> but on a opening day roster construction thing, hypothetically, right? So you, there's no clay. So do you want somebody to fill in that role even more so? That makes sense. Yeah. Right. Because Poole yeah. ain't going to do it. Iguodala can't do it. You could try Moody, but he's a little, I mean, he's a 19-year-old rookie. He's not as quick a foot. He might not be as good of an on-ball defender. He's more of a, a team defense guy. So sure, take Gary Payton a second. I'm going to buy his jersey now. Thanks. In order to not be dated, I'll just get the Oregon State version. Then. <laughs> Who on the Warriors has the most pressure on them going into the season? Players. I have a few guys in mind, but I want to see your top three. I mean, I would say, obviously, number one is James Weissman, <laughs> right? I mean, mm-hmm. you actually don't know if he's good or not. I mean, there's glimpses, but we really, 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 really don't know. I mean, the second, and I'll combine them because <laughs> I'm going to cheat, are the two rookies, right? I feel like they're both at the same level right now, more or less. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. we think we think that Kaminga is better, but they're still coming in at the same level. Um, and so it'll be really interesting to see who who gets better. This reminds me of like, who do you like better, Victor Alexander or Chris Galling? <laughs> <laughs> if, if everybody's old enough to remember that. Like, I, I guess Chris Galling's better. Uh, but if you think about now, then Chris Galling is not better, no, considering no. he might be in jail. Um, yeah. The third, I think the surprise one for me is Jordan Poole. Like, I feel like he has a certain trajectory. And this is the year we find out if that trajectory is real or not interesting so you're putting all the pressure on the four young guys yeah i mean who uh, what uh, what do the old guys need what, what do you think their pressure is in some ways this is a great year because they have an excuse they have a built-in excuse to not do well well my list my first person is james wiseman as well uh, i think he has a lot of pressure on him because he's kind of been a zero for the last 10 months and a lot of it isn't his fault, but he needs to show that he was worth the second pick overall in the 2020 draft. There's a lot of pressure on him because his lack of development so far puts pressure on the front office, right? <laughs> it puts pressure on the coaches, coaching staff, puts pressure on the new development staff. It puts pressure on Draymond having to play center more often even if they still want to go small ball route, you know? So like he caught so much flack in the past 10 months from the national media and, and fans, especially local fans that he needs to take a step forward just to show he's any good. And that the Warriors ability to develop players hinges on how he looks this season. Sure. Jordan Poole has come along, but if Wiseman doesn't show anything, then it's like, wow, we just, drafted Patrick O'Brien. <laughs> if I were going to play devil's advocate real quick about James Wiseman, if he played for like a Houston Rockets right now, I feel like there'd be a lot of pressure to perform. And if he played for a, a tried and true championship team like the Bucks, it's different. But with the Warriors, I feel like with the built-in excuse and with the great players, there's also still a group of young players that he can mature with. I feel like this is a great position to be in for him yeah having two other players that are rookies coming up and it's weird to say but he i mean he's a second year player 
So it's a little bit of pressure off than last year. I think last year was the most. I think the year before that, when he was in Memphis, was probably the most pressure he's had in his life because he wasn't playing and had to live up to something that couldn't sure. be done. And then last year was the second most pressure because he's actually playing in the league, and but he showed glimpses, right? Yeah. This year is probably the third least of his last three years. Here's the thing. like I think uh, some of these guys have pressure on them, but it's not like the worst pressure, right? I think that's kind of what um, I'm hearing. It's like, and that's true, right? Like if he were supposed to be the savior of a franchise, uh, that'd be brutal, right? If he was supposed to be like, if you know, if, if he were like Kwame Brown or something like that, right? <laughs> and the other thing for Wiseman is like, yeah, he has, he has pressure, but it's also, he has a low bar to attain, I think. One is stay healthy. Two is fit your role, know your role, play your role. He doesn't have to do as much as he had tried to do last year. So like there's pressure on him, but yeah, there is less that he has to do. I actually don't think going down your list, I don't really think Kaminga and Moody have that much pressure on them. Um, I think to me, the Warriors as an organization have like set the table for them. It's like, okay, we're not expecting anything really from these guys. They're really young. And they're not going to be in the starting lineup like the way Wiseman was last year. So for someone like Moody, he can play spot minutes. Like as a backup guard or wing, he doesn't have to do too much. And Kaminga, no one's expecting him to do anything outside of the spectacular uh, mashing on someone's head and clapping and smiling about it. I mean, think about this, man. Like James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, and Moses Moody are like closer in age to Steph's oldest kid than they are to Steph. <laughs> but let me tell you this. This is a different type of pressure. Their pressure isn't to save a franchise or be the best player possible based on their pick status. Their pressure is to be a small piece or a medium piece to a championship team. Like that's the mm -hmm. pressure that they face. They already face the pressure of winning a championship at this age. So it's just like pressure of being a part of this team, not like a pressure of... They just need to be a positive to a championship team. That's a different type of pressure than scoring 20 and 10 for a bad team. My second person with the most pressure is Clay because pressure he put, he's going to put on himself to get anywhere close to where he was before. And because so much of the team's identity, like this whole Bob Myers always saying, we need to see the team together, like this roster healthy and playing. That's Clay, you know, that you don't need to read between the lines. That's Clay Thompson. And it's kind of common knowledge that if Clay is not close to what he is by the time the playoffs roll around, then the Warriors aren't really contenders. So again, not his fault per se, but just that's just pressure, right? Like it may be one of those things where he's not like, oh my God, like I feel so much pressure about it. But like, you know, there's a lot riding on his performance overall and his return from these two devastating injuries. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I am really positive and high on, on Clay's return. Um, I rewatched some videos the other day um, where they highlighted all of his best games. Um, where, you know, four dribbles to get 40 whatever points, 11 dribbles to get um, 60 points. I mean, we're not expecting a playmaker dribbling guard. Um, we're expecting a, the greatest catch and, catch and shoot player of all time. 
And in, in media day, he said he has his defensive stance down. Like he said he has his sideways motion down. Awesome. That's what he said. I mean, we don't know if it's really true, but he said he has it back. And so is that when he's defending Chris DeMarco? <laughs> yes, exactly. He's defending yeah, a scarecrow in the middle of the field, wherever the hell he is. Um, <laughs> we don't expect him to lock down the best player anymore. I don't think they'll ask him to do that. I think there's a very low bar that he, the position that he's being asked to play is not expected to do much, but he's been so he's a, he's been a hall of fame version of that, Mm -hmm. right? He's Mm -hmm. been a hall of fame version of the three and D player. Yeah. Which is incredible, right? So he just needs to be the three and D player, not, and I don't think he needs to be the hall of fame version. If he can be that three and D guy and they can spread the defensive assignments around take that away from him so he doesn't have to deal with all that stuff right away then great we just need guys that are not liabilities sure, because yeah. for the past two years there's been liabilities everywhere yeah like we just need net zero <laughs> i say this again and again i mean it's exciting to see the bench and have it not be all g-leaguers right like the, yeah who are under 25 right and that's a a, a huge step forward for clay man like that's the thing. Like I feel good about what he can do when he comes back. It'll suck because I'll always wonder if he was just turning the corner to being like an all around player in that 2019 finals. He, he was always adding to his game and he might get back to that, but we'll see. And again, like kind of with Wiseman and not as a cop out, like the bar is definitely lower than what he was when he first got injured. So fingers crossed on that. My third person was Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> and I say Wiggs. I think there's pressure on him to continue, you know, to not fall off. I mean, there'll be pressure on him to continue to play like the perimeter defense that Clay probably won't be able to. And there'll be pressure on him to be consistent, right? As officially the third scoring option in the starting lineup. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I want to ask you something. So one of the things that all the Warrior podcasts always say is, this team would be good if... JTA, Michael Mulder, all those guys are no longer the 10th or 12th best player, right? They need to be the 13th best player. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Do do you think it's worth it to rank all the players in order right now to see where those guys are? Sure. So we're going to rank the roster? Yeah. 
So this, I mean, this whole thing is to figure out where Juan Toscano Anderson is on the 15 man roster. <laughs> Cause what, what would you say his rank was last year? Eight, <laughs> nine. When they were healthy with Ubre and Wiseman, um, probably like eight. Cause they ended the season with only eight dudes they were playing and bench was JTA pool and, and uh, Mulder. All right. So this is what we're doing, right? So we're ranking the, the roster mm-hmm. for this year to mm-hmm. see where all of our off the bench players are in terms of how, how good they are in relation to they were last year. Right. So the ideal version of this rank is what we think will be a championship contender so, for example, if we think Juan Toscano Anderson was like the eighth best player last year, which he might have been, he mm. needs to be like the 13th, 14th best player this year in order for the team to be good, which means Bielitsa, Porter, all those guys are playing to their best version. That's, that's what I'm hoping to accomplish here. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, for example, I have Otto Porter Jr. in the eighth slot, right? Like that is that is the ambitious Washington Wizards version of Otto Porter okay. Jr. Okay. Right. Hold that on. is the best of the best of Otto Porter Jr. I mean, obviously yeah. best of the best would have been like the third best out of like Bradley Beal, the Bradley Beal, um, John Wall team. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll okay. let you guide this one. Go for it. Okay. So number one. Steph Curry, obviously. Yep. Number two, Steph. Clay Thompson. Yep. Number three, Andrew Wiggins. Nope. Really? Who do you have? Yeah, I got I got Draymond up in there. So you're saying the best version of Draymond would be better than the best version of Andrew Wiggins? Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess I'm confused about the rules, but like we're never going to see the best version of Andrew Wiggins. That ship sailed. Like, oh no, no, I meant ago. like let's just. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's going to be Maple Jordan, Andrew Wiggins. I'm just saying, like, is he going to play the same as he did for that one small stretch before before the bubble? Right. That's the best version of himself for the Warriors so far. Right. I'll stick with Draymond Green at number three. Okay. And now I'm not saying Draymond from, like, 2016 Draymond. Like, I don't think we can get that again. But, like, in the best version of himself in this role, would uh-huh. he be better than Drew? Andrew Wiggins, right? But this is fine. This is flip. I mean, yeah, I have yeah. Draymond Green right after. So, yeah. Number five, I have Jordan Poole. Yep. Same here. Okay. Number six, I have James Wiseman. I have Kavon Looney. I have Kavon Looney next. So, it's the okay. same, right? Number eight, yeah. I have Otto Porter Jr. I know that's crazy. Same. Really? No, it's same here. I'll, I have Otto Porter Jr. because he was a very good player. And not that long he, ago. Yeah. And he could he could do it if he he's still young. Number nine, I have Jonathan Kaminga. Same here. <laughs> this is kind of crazy. <laughs> Number 10, I have Andre. Uh, same here. Number 11, I have Moses Moody. I have JTA at 11. Oh, that's pretty high. Yeah. I'm yeah, a little yeah. concerned. No, I wouldn't be because JTA has proven what he is. You know what I mean? You're not rolling him out there like uh one-on-one as like the best player. He's improved, right? Like we know his role and you like, if he is good at that, if he continues to do that, yeah, then I put him at 11. Gotcha. Yeah, I agree. That makes sense. Okay. Number, yeah. Number 11, I have Moses Moody. Okay. Number 12, I have B Elitsa. I have Moses Moody at 12. Okay. Number 13, I have, I have JTA. 
I have uh, Bielitsa. Okay. And number 14, I have Damian Lee. Same here. And number 15, Gary Payton. Yep, yep. So I think the main difference we have in this exercise is that I would be concerned if JTA is 11th best player on the roster, right? I'm fine with him being the 13th best player because that means there's been a lot of people either playing to their league average of from their height, right? That means Bielitsa played as well as he did at his best. Out of uh, So I had JTA at 11. So for me, it would be Bielitsa is the one that I would hope to surpass him just by being like a stretch five or whatever. But I think JTA in front of Moody, Damian Lee, Gary Payton, those make sense to me. I mean, Moody is a rookie, right? Like uh, JTA will definitely do more than him as basically Andre Godala light, you know, and uh, at least for this season, next season, different story. Yeah, I guess I'm getting less concerned about JTA being 11 for you then. That's still lower yeah. than what he was last year. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely agree, especially since Iguodala, Kaminga, Porter are on the squad instead of uh, – <laughs> who was on the squad last year? Instead of Smiley. <laughs> I think no matter what happens this year, the regular season matters again, but there's also a hope of the championship. And those two things haven't been around since the 2015-16 season. I think, you know, I look this year and this might be a longer podcast topic later on, but like, I just take the long view with this, you know, people look at the roster, you write it up and it's like, oh, wow, this is a good team, Clay's coming back. But uh, it's all about towards the end of the season, right? Because that's when some of these young guys will start showing if they've developed. That's when Clay will show if he's healthy. That's when some of these older dudes, these uh, reclamation projects will show if they were worth it, right? And so let's not uh, judge this team at the very beginning. You know, it's going to be a process. It's going to be kind of an evolution. Like that's what we've learned, especially the last couple of seasons. Like how do you map out this season so that you are, knock on wood, peaking at the right time i guarantee you like the lakers are going to be <laughs> resting a lot of dudes <laughs> and like hey it's your turn tonight until it's time to actually you know play those um get those 16 wins exactly yeah and, th- and i think fighting for the seven or eighth seed and realizing that knowing just deep down inside you can't really win the championship is a different type of feeling than yeah fighting for the fourth or fifth or even third seed and knowing you have like a slim shot or a pretty good, not bad shot at the championship. Um, I also think Steph Curry and Draymond, I mean, Draymond for sure is going to be playing a lot harder during the regular season. Oh yeah. 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 Knowing that there's some, some hope at the end. Yeah. There's a lot of dynamics going on with this team. You know, a lot of dynamics that actually matter right at the front end and the, and the back end of the roster. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond, Andre Iguodala, and Kevon Looney is a lineup? Ah, it's going to be awesome, man. You know? Yeah. A bunch of old dudes and one dude who looks way older than them. 
<laughs> exactly. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com. And be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs.